Hello and welcome to What Moves Us Express. Or alternatively, What Doesn't Move Us. <laughs> a daily podcast throughout this uh, disrupted season. Brought to you from sunny Brighton and... At Nine Elms in London. Hi Liam. Hi Johanna, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Much better. Because I was gonna say, because people might not have noticed that we haven't recorded for a few days. Why is that? Uh, I had Auntie COVID come to visit um, for about ten days, so, so, so I had full coronavirus experience, and thankfully, I'm now done with that. And you look very well, I have to say. That's all right. I wore a shirt today, especially. <laughs> I did notice you dressed for the occasion. And why did you dress for the occasion? Who have we got with us today? Oh, hi, I'm uh, Jo Reed. I'm Managing Director of Calvia and uh, we're a um, digital technology agency um, and we tend to combine our expertise in experience design, software engineering, mobile expertise and innovation uh, to create bespoke software solutions for a range of clients such as Rolls-Royce, um, Battersea Power Station and the City of London. Um, and we've also actually created some of our own uh, research innovations. Um, we're very passionate about looking at supporting people with inclusive needs um, um, and actually for the rail sector we created our own um, Innovate UK funded program to try to help people uh, with neurodiverse conditions to help navigate in train stations and that was called Navster. Navster. And what is the, um, would people have seen Navster anywhere? Well, we certainly had it available for user tests um, and um, trials. Uh, and um, my colleagues, uh, Dr. Joe Morrison and Richard Hull, uh, socialised it at a number of um, innovation um, and rail groups. Um, and so we've certainly sought to try to put it in front of as many people in the sector as possible. Um, and that ha um, uh, has gone well. Um, but sadly has, has halted due to the pandemic and, and obviously the, the big change in what's going on. So um, that uh, pr productive series of talks to kind of show the value that was established by the groups who tried it um, uh, out, um, the need that was again confirmed about how important it was to make large spaces far less intimidating, less frightening to entice people out um, onto rail um, and to be able to use it, um, it was certainly proven. Um, and the solution itself looks to be robust and scalable. Um, and so again, it was um, our, our hope is that we can continue those conversations to see whether we can then start to scale it out, to trial it out in other stations if possible. All right. Was that your first foray into rail type projects? It was, it was. I think before our um, main focus in clients has been in the aerospace sector um, uh, and certainly um, there we do a number of projects with Rolls-Royce um, in affiliated services around um, kind of logistical uh, solutions or just process improvement engineering solutions. Okay. So, so you mentioned that um, you've um that the project has pretty much halted at the moment due to the, the, the COVID situation. Um, have, has your business been impacted greatly by, um, by what is going on in the shutdown and how are you coping with that? Well, I'm, I'm, I know that we're lucky in what we do because um, 
being predominantly um, uh, a thinking company and a design company and a software company, uh, we are able to work remotely and are used to working remotely. So in that regard, um, we could quickly move from business as usual scenario. I think the, the main impact has been in re-establishing the relationship with clients. And then of course, for those clients we have in the heritage sector and the aviation sector, I mean, of course, they've been so severely impacted by this um, that there's inevitably some slowdowns in their priorities and you know and so forth so i think the main impact uh, has been just in inevitable delays in some of the projects that we're doing in or difficulty in clients signing off and uh, because of all of the other pressing needs that they have to um have to, have to uh, work on uh, but in terms of what we can do day to day and how the team's rallied and, and, and moved to remote working that's all great um uh, and uh, uh, whilst we miss having that kind of human contact uh, our daily stand-ups continue with the remote format um, we certainly already have a kind of autonomous culture of being able to be independent workers so that all works well um, so our productivity can continue and our projects can continue um, so yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think third weekend I'm finding that lack of social interaction quite tough I wasn't minding it the first couple of weeks but now I'm kind of missing it <laughs> Yes, definitely, definitely, definitely. I think there's a there's um, I think we'll all uh, really appreciate those precious times when people can connect together and you can you know it's all about the simple things, isn't it? And appreciate it certainly because it, it's not just it's whilst you know video conferencing has kind of taken that place and we've all learned it's just not quite the same, is it? No, no, and, and also that grass is always greener about that idea of, oh, wouldn't yeah. it be nice to work from home? It's like, well, actually, people and speak to people and see their faces properly and everything. Yeah. So, so in terms of, yeah, I mean, you've worked, you know, I mean, your client base is, is obviously having a lot of challenges at the moment. So, so what are you doing as a business to re-pivot yourself and ensure that you, you still remain relevant as a business during this time? Yeah, so again, I think um, what we are doing is, is um, making sure that we continue uh, the follow-through with our committed projects um, because, again, you know, our clients have gone away. Hopefully they're just dormant for a bit and we'll... Uh, come back um, and so again I want to make sure that the, the, the company both um, seeks out new opportunities during this period uh, because do, new opportunities do arise out of crisis um, and I think the kind of skills we have in being able to um, think broadly uh, understand uh, quickly requirements and be able to rapidly develop solutions is is a key useful skill for, for, for today's time so again the challenge is in remoteness of being able to make sure we can connect up with um, people who can use those skills um, and so part of it is kind of um, keeping uh, keeping our commitments going uh, being really rapid in our replanning um, understanding how to kind of do our forward scheduling to make sure that we can keep the momentum going um, whilst also recognizing that we do need to look for different opportunities and sectors who aren't as severely impacted by what is going on um, and there are some promising signs and some interesting new connections opening up so i think that's all good 
So have you got anything you can share with us that you're working on at the moment that has um, let's seen those new opportunities? Well, actually, one of the things we are doing, because um, as I mentioned, uh, we recognise that um, part of the impact is actually delays in some projects. And so what has happened is that whilst our team is productive, we do have some uh, gaps uh, and capacity. And also, of course, like everybody, we've all been listening out to the wonderful kind of grassroots initiatives and things that came up. And so actually we responded to a call that came out um, for people who might be able to develop a platform um, to support an initiative that was one of, one of the early grassroots initiatives um, uh, with a company we're working with called OR, um, um, and one of their founders and also has a company called Nagami that um, in Spain that was the, one of the first to do these 3D printed face shields um, to kind of address the shortfall in PPE for people on the front line. And they turned their robot um, automation um, uh, furniture making 3D factory into complete um, face shield production. So have been uh, producing around 500 masks a day and hand delivering them to um, Spanish uh, hospitals. And because that, they also have links over in the UK, they're saying, well, actually, the UK's got this critical need now as well. How do we do it? So. Um, what they were finding is whilst they could do this, it's actually quite difficult then to manage all the, you know, the demand, the supply and everything else and keep all these grassroots going. So, so of course, a platform would be ideal. Um, and it is the kind of thing we, we do. And of course, like everybody else, if there's a chance to actually help the situation, it is lovely. So we've taken that on um, as, a, as a good, you know, as a hope to get something out quickly. Uh, we hope to have an alpha version ready for the people in that team and the government to try out. Uh, we've been working with them because obviously they've got the, the first-hand experience of uh, what they happened in Spain, what's worked, are keeping abreast of the other, in, uh, yeah, of all the initiatives that you hear about all the time coming along. Um, and, um, you know, we're hoping minimally that it will have some immediate use so that uh, we'll trial it in Bristol and London and see, you know, whether it scales up and, and, and kind of just opens out a very kind of, way of putting people with need in contact with people who want to make and people who can transport that and make it an easy you know I've got this I need this I want that so that it's as easy as picking tickets up on a board and, hooking and, them together. and we've been hearing a lot about that that actually it's not necessarily supply that's a problem it's a logistics problem isn't it exactly so again trying to do our bit to try to help um, those people who are trying these initiatives to, to, to smooth the logistics problem um, and, and, and make it a very easy to use uh, platform for people to do. Um, so again, so that's one of, the, one of the projects that we kind of, we stepped up to start doing as part of this. We don't know wh how, where it will go, or what, you know, but obviously in the short term, it's all about can we really help. Now, unfortunately, we are coming to the end of our, our Express What Moves Us, yeah. but... <laughs> One final question um, to, to close is, if the government could do one thing for you as a business at the moment, what would you be asking them to do? Um, well, yeah, I, I guess relatively speaking, we're okay. So I think, I think the speed at which they could bring up um, the schemes that they're talking about, so speeding up the availability of furlough, um, straightening out some of the, the questions, so having more ready access to um, uh, knowledge pool of workers um, for, for, for especially for small businesses um, uh, those kind of uh, uh, connector services to help uh, bring them up 
could just help, um, I believe. So, um, yeah, I think you know, people have different needs. And, and, and for us, it's just managing the, the onslaught of different schemes and information that's coming on and want to do the right thing for your for your staff so again any help in that area is um, it's 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 complex isn't it and it's difficult to get your head around it and just sort of about as things are changing every day aren't they yeah yeah that's great thank you for joining us this afternoon and i forgot what i was going to say what was i going to say <laughs> liam liam help me out oh it's been a pleasure <laughs> thank you very much joe i think that's what she was trying to say <laughs> <laughs> and it's been really interesting to hear as well about how you've you know re redeployed your your team to work on something completely different and an inspiration i think to some of our other startups in our community thank you yeah thank you, thank you.